0: Welcome to Photo Op, the podcast where we talk about all things photo. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is the Photo Opinion Show. (laughs) Excellent, excellent. So, uh, season two here in our studio, we are starting every episode with a listener question. Yes, we are. So, the first listener question first the listener question today (laughs) tune in next week for the next listener question okay (laughs) uh listener question today sandy asks how do you find balance with life and photography you don't moving on you don't (laughs) all photography all the time that's not that's actually people are like wow you got really good i'm like i literally didn't do anything else for two years Mm -hmm. i was breathing and dreaming photography to the point where trina would poke me awake and be like uh you were talking about photoshop in your sleep again sounds about right legit so uh yeah you don't if you figure it out let us know (laughs) yeah we are we are not the right people to talk to about not at all (laughs) not at all uh so today's episode we are talking about what other skills help you be a better photographer Mm -hmm. or rather what skills that are not photography help you be a better photographer
1: yeah, I feel like this is the only um, silver bullet I have to get any sort of uh, media work is just my other skills.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's valid. <laughs> just being a generalist. That, I think you've gotten your last, if I count them right, three or four jobs by just being a magical unicorn of generalist. Yeah, just do everything slightly bad and <laughs> and you're golden <laughs> no on the D and D scale of if 10's a peasant you just have to be at least an 11 exactly just be an 11 in all things I mean, you'll be, <laughs> there you'll be you go. go there you go <laughs> um no so i came up with a couple of things that uh i think definitely help uh the easy softball one is graphic design
1: yeah yeah uh definitely this is something that again um as i continue to say i don't feel like i'm that good in but it's something that i've done a decent amount of and i do more of all the time um you know it it's it's very this seems obvious but like it it includes so many of the same Mm -hmm. things like you're really thinking artistically you're thinking about layouts you're thinking about where people's eyes are moving through a graphic or image or uh, layout um yeah, I mean, you know, it, it potentially relies on you're some text about, and some other things that you don't about see like in a photo, color but, and hierarchy, yeah, exactly. and all, all yeah. these different kinds of things. Visual balance, um, that sort of stuff, uh, is very, very helpful for sure.
0: Yeah. yeah, and the beautiful thing about graphic design is everything is is contrived. Everything is created by you. There mm-hmm. is no well. That's what I had to. Work. I, I hear that complaint a lot from new photographers of how come this photo is blank and it's like well this was the best I could do under the circumstances and while if you're a journalist I commend you for dealing with those circumstances as an artiste no one gives a crap. Like, like either you get the <laughs> result you or you didn't.
1: don't. That's why landscape photographers, like, come back to the same mountain for years before they, like, take the shot that is perfect, that they envisioned. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> like,
1: nobody cares until you have that shot. Absolutely. But so, uh,
0: yeah, graphic design, a general art appreciation, very easy softball.
1: Would you say that studio photography is the graphic design of photography? Because you control everything? I mean,
0: I mean, yeah, when you work in a state. That's, that's the one thing with product photography. Like, mm-hmm. they, they don't sass back. They give you exactly the emotion that you ask of them. Exactly. Product photography, you are 100% in control. You're not like, well, they weren't really cooperating with me. If your product's not cooperating with you, that's your fault. Yep. So there you go. If you're a graphic designer, start with product photography. Uh, I mean, there you go. Um, product photography is very graphical and compositional. Mm-hmm. So. hmm that's. I oh, know yeah. you were saying it was snark, but that's actually good but advice. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Uh, one of the things that I took in college
1: just kind of uh, errantly, and it turned out to be very useful for me in many ways, but especially in photo and video work, um, is 3D modeling. Hmm. Um, the it, it is a little bit more subtle, but one of the things that I really liked about 3D modeling is it just kind of flexes your ability to think yeah, you know, think out of space. Think out of uh, in this case, a virtual, but a physical environment. Um, you know, where stuff is placed, what it looks like from all sorts of different angles, and when you're rendering, especially if you're adding like light sources and stuff, you're kind of building. I mean you're sort of building a photo scene so to it's speak. It's
0: studio photography, yeah, but it's studio <laughs> photography, but the next level beyond. No, no. But not, without a camera. No, I'm not going
1: I'm not going to offend graphic designers by saying the 3D modeling is the next level beyond. <laughs> but um, but it does actually you know you do actually think about depending on the modeling you're doing, think about light, think about how it plays on the subject, you know, what it looks like, what's flattering, what's too flat, what adds the right amount of drama, depending on what you're modeling, especially people that are like, I've only done really like hard modeling. um, But people who do like soft organic models, like they're, they're probably just amazing photographers out of the gate because they've, they can like, picture how exactly how light looks on a face or on an organic subject like that's really impressive stuff um so i was never that good um but even if you're doing hard modeling uh you can do some it really gives you in the headspace please define hard modeling for those listeners Uh, out there Mm.
0: slash me who Uh, don't know what it is (laughs) uh, so
1: what i mean by hard modeling is um it's all constrained it's all like uh it's all very engineer like you're working from from Plan. So like uh, geometric shapes. very geometric yeah. shapes. Um, often you're building uh, like you're building from like you, you take a rectangle and you use another shape to literally like slice a piece out of it to make that rectangle into a different shape. Um, you're all working with like basic shapes and either like using them to slice each other or constrain each other in a certain way. Um, and if you do it right, they're kind of mathematically perfect almost in that they're all like they all have exactly all of the shapes in the piece all contribute to a greater whole and they all kind of okay. are uh, related to each other's dimensions. Um, so it's very, that that kind of stuff is very commonly used for like making actual physical objects in real life. So making like parts for a truck, let's say, um, but it tends to be not always the most externally artistic looking thing. Like if you're looking at it from a modeler's perspective, you're like, wow, this would have taken forever to make. Um, but really the, the real art art modelers are the organic
0: modelers gotcha that re- that, and they work more and the in like organic clay modelers are more like like i built this creature in blender yeah exactly and
1: there. they work more in a clay instead of like blocks that you're putting together and you know cutting chunks out of organic modelers often work in something that literally looks like clay on the screen like it's a blob of clay and they and actually like shape it, it. it and mold it um yeah that's that's amazing stuff. I, I
0: I have no ability to do that whatsoever. I've tried, and I'm like, everything looks terrible. <laughs> well, I've done any 3D modeling. That's a lie. I've done done some, but it was just roofs. Yeah. I don't think that counts. But it can teach you to the, the the interesting angle to 3D modeling
1: is I feel like to some degree, unlike graphic design, you
0: get to play with light more, oh, which okay. I think is very useful um, for photography. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of playing with light, uh, the next thing would be any, any amount of physics or engineering knowledge that mm-hmm. you have, um, is inc- well, That definitely makes you a better photographer because if you look at a photo and go, wow, that they look really great. I wonder how they did it. I can, without seeing the set at all, I can get with a fairly high degree of accuracy a layout of how the photographer did it. Maybe mm-hmm. the photographer used a giant silk and like um, a brawn color head instead of a window. Like, there are gonna be these kind of aspects that they get wrong, that I might get wrong. But I can say with a certainty, they used a warm-colored light of yeah. this size from this direction, slightly in front of the model. Um, you know, is it wrapping around? Is it direct? Like, mm-hmm. which way was that light tilted? All of these different things you can tell from not only the quality of the shadows, but the catch lights. And there are so many things that with a basic understanding of physics and engineering and kind of how light works... I honestly feel like photography is all about the light and uh, the more that you understand the physics of how light works, the better a photographer you're going to be. Like it, it just, it just is. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like, um,
1: uh, speaking of light, uh, I feel like one of the things that I'm doing right now, I recently moved into a new house and I've been thinking about light a lot as in literal light in a, in a physical space. I feel like interior designers probably make fantastic photographers because you have to think about it so much like oh we can't have this kelvin color of light in you know here and this other one here because they clash or you know we need we need to have this be the visual um like center of the room and it's not if you do these things with light or if you place things in a certain way you can break up the sight lines i mean interior designers are probably amazing photographers (laughs) unfortunately i don't know any but i I bet they are i was gonna say (laughs) but
0: they're there's even this uh, very. I mean, I forgot to turn on the spotlight to the to the photo behind you. That's that's oh my no. bad. I know, I know. Yeah. We'll turn it on next episode. <laughs> but but there is definitely something to be said for color temperature and placement of. Mm-hmm. Um, is th- is this light placed? It might not be opt optimal mm-hmm. for for you know spread of a room but it might be aesthetic for the room and then yep. you need more lights um the when you talk about uh kelvin and like color temperature there is the kind of gross orange of it being mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. too um incandescent but if you flip too far to the scale you you can make it feel like a hospital yeah so there's really blue so there's that (laughs) there's that kind of sweet space then everyone's sweet space is going to be you know slightly different Mm -hmm. but um 3200 looks bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, 7000 looks bad. (laughs) There's going to be somewhere in there that suits your taste, but that also might change based on like what are the other colors in the room that are soaking up and reflecting this light.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's there's stuff where the actual, you know, the actual material that you're in this case, if you're shooting it, shooting a photo of it, where the material absorbs. A, you know a, some light better than others mm-hmm. um you know there the uh, the house that i'm in has a lot of warm tones there's a lot of like exposed wood in it and that looks very different
0: um depending on what color temperature light you're throwing at it so than my white concrete walls would like exactly, you're gonna need exactly. a different color temperature mm-hmm. on your log cabin walls that yep. i'm gonna need on my white concrete for them to both have the same kind of inviting quality exactly I'm, i imagine that you can get away with a lot whiter i can yeah yeah so so i've been testing
1: that yeah. um it actually really or rather
0: blue yeah
1: I mean. <laughs> exactly it's really handy to have uh, some photographic equipment already having bought a house because i can like i can take color tunable lights and point it at something and be like all right what does uh this color temperature look like before i buy anything what does this color temperature look like so well, i mean um, that but was you a- can because it absorbs warm colors yeah. like you can soak it with blue almost and it still looks
0: pretty warm. I, I've yeah. got a rack of lights above our head that's lighting us right now because mm-hmm. I'm I'm lazy. I don't want to set up lighting equipment. I mm-hmm. want our lighting to be ready to go. I just wanted... This, this studio when we set up had one sad incandescent light bulb <laughs> that was supposed to light this whole 700 square foot garage. No, no, no. I don't think uh. so. So, I set up 10 huge uh, uh, strip lights instead, but there was a very a question of just like, oh, what color do I make these? Mm-hmm. Do I mm-hmm. make them technically accurate? It? do i make them a little warm and inviting cuz i use this not just for this podcast and for photography but i use it for client meetings mm-hmm. so when someone walks in here it needs to feel warm and inviting and and comfortable and it's Certainly. just how do i strike that perfect Perfect balance. Um, so yeah, I mean, this—it's important questions that you have to ask yourself.
1: The secret answer is: um, buy overpay for tons of hue lights, and then you can just color tune them all day. And you're like, <laughs> oh no, I made a mistake. Just kidding. Actually, this is now five thousand Kelvin. <laughs>
0: um, I think actually, yeah, I think actually, all of the lights that we uh, are in right now, I believe, are six thousand. Oh, so I, okay. I aimed slightly on the white side mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want this to feel like a garage. I wanted it to feel like an industrial studio in new york loft yeah which means that the white walls need to look white i don't want it to look hospital white but i wanted it to look to clean look and like bright white. Yeah. Um, and i feel like uh, having a clean bright space even if it's a little bit of a mess as long as the mess is oh someone works here then that's valid
1: this is a look into the mind of photographers
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <absolutely. laughs> light 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 in any situation <laughs> there are you know what i'm adding this to the episode list we're going to talk about all the things that i've done in my studio just for vanity sweet just because i'm a photographer anyway it. so yeah interior
1: design um yeah. we are neither of us are trained interior designers unless ben has been keeping secrets from me nope
0: um, not at all. <laughs> so but you know you, you well i mean i studied architecture for three years does that count oh actually kind of I mean, I haven't <laughs> studied
1: architecture, but maybe, maybe there, maybe, maybe we have a future in interior design due
0: to our photography. Maybe these are two-way oh, streets, huh? Look at that! And
1: there you go. There we go. Um, <laughs>
0: I, I definitely have one last one, right. and it is not going to be for the reason that you think it is. Mm. Marketing now. You're going to think like, of Hmm. course, marketing makes you a better photographer because if you learn marketing, you'll make more money. No, that is not. I'm not. Let's say that you are a hobbyist who has absolutely zero interest in selling a photo ever. Mm -hmm. Marketing is still a useful skill because when you learn marketing, what is it that you are actually learning? What you're learning is how some target demographic, your audience, is going to respond to a thing. Are they going to do something logically? Are they going to do something emotionally? If they're going to do some and by the way, the answer is always emotional. (laughs) Always. (laughs) The only thing that you do logically is when you're buying like rice or like Mm -hmm. soap or something. You just like, oh, that one is two cents cheaper than that one. Done. Mm Mm-hmm. Everything else we do emotionally. And if you can understand kind of what makes people tick, and marketing's not exactly how to manipulate those emotions, but it kind of is. Kind of. <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, I would say that. Ethical marketing is more about how do you align the thing you're trying to sell with the consumer who wants it so that everyone is happy. Mm -hmm. Unethical marketing is how do I get those emotions in my favor? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if you you learn about kind of what makes people tick and kind of how to trigger those emotions, the best photography makes you feel something. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about like war journalism or any of these things that kind of have that... Um, have that emotion built into the subject matter even as something as simple as like um, as like a a actor's headshot Mm -hmm. like okay so an actor's headshot is just a pretty face right no Mm -hmm. (laughs) who is the target demographic the target demographic for an actor's headshot is a casting director Yep. what is a casting director looking for well the casting director wants someone with range and they want someone with confidence and they want someone who looks approachable and inviting mm-hmm. um, so there are all these things that's going through their head and with the kind of expression that you want to get out of the actor and the way that you do your lighting you want to convey these things and kind of click and align with the kind of emotions that they're having or Mm -hmm. looking for that when they feel that emotion they oh I want to call this guy in for an audition well I've I've known some actors like you know casting directors
1: obviously want to imagine who they're casting in the role Mm -hmm. um, to make that decision. And um, I've known a number of actors and a lot of them have multiple headshots with different moods depending on what role, depending on what role so they can send that specific one in so that it informs, it has the right emotion. It informs the casting director in the correct way. And then hopefully they get the role.
0: Absolutely. So uh, yeah, learn marketing or, or, or if you want to get less about marketing, I would say learn psychology. Yeah, actually. Honestly. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, um, I feel like those are the things that will just make you a better photographer even if you're a product photographer because mm-hmm. if you learn psychology, um you'll learn what do different colors make people feel? What yep. do what does a wide angle photo f- make someone feel versus a tele um telephoto. Words. Telephoto. Thank yeah. you. Telephoto photo. Telephoto photo. <laughs> a telephoto yeah. photo. <laughs> yeah, that's why that one was so tricky. Yep. Yes, um be, because um a, a, a wide angle photo could either make the subject look big and powerful or it could make you as a viewer feel small and claustrophobic. Like mm-hmm. there are all these different things that it could convey. Or it can make a dog's nose look really or big. Or it can make a dog's <laughs> nose look really big. Um but yeah, learning either marketing or like psychology. Um it just uh having more emotional photos will make you a better photographer. Sounds good to me. Yeah, there you
1: go. We gotta get learning.
0: gotta get learning uh so Stuart, let's 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 go learn some things and then uh we'll come back next week what do you say sounds good always be learning always be learning all right so if you want to follow us uh we'll just do a few little shout outs before we wrap it up here chill time chill time <laughs> this episode is sponsored by me it's always <laughs> sponsored by me we don't have sponsors we're not sellouts yet if you'd like to be a sellout email us um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah next time we are going to talk about kind of what is a good photographer mm-hmm. how do you how do you define that
1: yeah we talked about what what can help make a good photographer now we're gonna talk about is, what is ooh, what it's, is it's a galaxy good brain time next week <laughs>
0: um but yeah you can also support this show on patreon patreon.com slash nom creative mm-hmm. uh, which is the same as my youtube channel which where if you're listening to the audio version you can also see our bright shining faces mm-hmm. um and if you want to send in your questions the email just hello outro.
1: at photo and also in the outro in three two, two one. one
0: if you have questions or ideas for future episodes you can email us at hello at photo-op.show
1: watch us on ben's youtube channel at non-creative
0: as in om nom nom
1: share this with a friend and you can listen to photo op anywhere podcasts are sold
0: or download because it. it's free